Yeah, it gives you a signal. Okay, that's good. That's, uh, everything has side benefits for various people. Right? So, after Wednesday night's shear, where we were discussing the second of three of the Igus Moshe, where Moshe uses the Mesis Mediach, not just for Avodah uh, the biggest chiddush of them all, he talks about mazes and mediach for magic, which he holds should be mutter if you explain it to them because they'll understand that it's just light of the hand. But if you don't explain it or they wouldn't understand it, then it's mazes and mediach to get people involved in, and the answer, fill in the blank, is challenging. So Moshe says two things. It sounds like they're two different considerations. One is that this is the type of fellow we don't want to have a following, even though I might be doing this as a hobby, it might be a firm guy, but it's not the type of thing we want people focusing on. But then Moshe says it's Mesa Medea for Kishuv, it'll get people involved in real Kishuv. Moshe wrote that Shuva in the 20th century Limisparam, where I think Ramosha knew, and I think most people understand, unless they're fooling themselves, that we don't really have access to the real Kishuv. So why does Ramosha hold this Lakshash amazing media that will get somebody into the real Kishuv? So I don't think necessarily that's what Ramosha meant. He meant that it's going to give people the Itzahara, whet their appetite, to get involved in the occult, in this mysterious stuff that they're going to be distracted from their Avedis Hashem and get involved in all sorts of things, even if it's not the real Kishuf. And I'll explain what I mean, because this is an important point, especially coming up to this week's parasha and the next three or four afterwards. If you remember four years ago plus in the Chukah Samshir, we were discussing various uh, things that we pick up from the Goyim and general culture, and it's an ongoing issue here in America. So I remember somebody asked, it wasn't the first time, about uh, Harry Potter. So what's the downside besides the sheer bitletera? I think those things are, I don't know how they fit in a paperback. I once saw one. It was like a thousand pages. <laughs> and it's just very time-consuming. And the original one, I told you, I was, uh, there was an attorney who told me, we discussed the chinuch issues, and he said, I'm mentioning his attorney. You think this is coming from the, his Charles Rebbe. He's when the first one came out. He said, if anybody asked me about it, I know what it was. He said, anybody asked me about it, just tell them to stay away. I said, why? He said, it's a big time waster and gets your mind filled with all sorts of trash. And right now he's about 11 years old. And in another couple of novels, he's going to be a teenager with somebody else from the opposite gender involved, and there's going to be some schmutz, even though that's not the highlight, but 1% schmutz is schmutz. And the whole thing is just a, a mind waster at best. And then he told me, this is like 20 years ago, he says, then they're going to make movies out of it. <laughs> they're going to have real act. He like, Chachamadif Minavi. And once you get involved in that, well, I read all the books, so why can't I see the movie? And that's really, uh, as Trafis, the first thing was, Part of the problem, and this is not a small thing, is that when you really get into that world and then you get up to the Chumash where the parish is where it talks about real Kishuf, not sleight of the hand. And they had that also. And they, the plenty of people pulled the wool over people's eyes. We okayed that one? You know, that, was, that was just morbid. It wasn't... Uh, <laughs> so 
the Chatum in Mitzrayim knew real Kishuv. That's why they're so amazed that nobody ever slide the hand. You get a guy's better. He's a better trickster. Moshe Rabbeinu came in the iron with the Mata and they couldn't believe it. They never saw somebody outdo them in real Kishuv. Now, they weren't doing Kishuv. That was called a nace. But it's very important for the general Messiah and the Gulls Mitzrayim, the Gula, next four, five, six weeks. It's going to be all about Nisim and the flows against Kishuv. That's not to be confused with what we're discussing and get involved in Harry Potter and all the other permutations and uh, Gilgulim of that. You start thinking if you held what you're reading as a joke, because it's all made up. Probably a brilliant writer, and, but it's all fiction. And they say, yeah, that's like Harry Potter. No, that's a real Kayach in the world, Zulu Mazu. And Nisa Maril is not just light of the hand. And when Moshe Rabbeinu came in at first, they wanted to claim that's what you're doing. And then he showed them that, no, we're going to have Nisim over here. They're going to change Teva completely, that the greatest of the great who were in Mitzrayim, the Chatumim Mitzrayim, were the best at real Kishuv. And they were forced to admit, this is already the Yad Hashem, because we have laws of Kishuv, and they don't work when your feet aren't on the ground. And there are all sorts of rules and regulations. And midway through, they had to admit this is beyond Kishuv. This has to be only Gosh Baruch Hu. And Hashem is showing us that He created the world and He so controls the world. And that's the side of our Muna. So that's a very important disclaimer for this particular topic. And I think Rav Meshe writing this Truva in recent times, and he tells you it's a Mesus and Medea, but if you follow him, you might get into Kishuv. But we don't have access to Kishuv. The answer is something in the world might, yeah, it could be. India, Tibet, the Far East, maybe even America. We haven't found anybody yet. I'll get to that in a moment. And I don't think that's what Moshe necessarily meant. I think he meant that even if you're going to be loathed after these things, because people love mystery, they love the occult, that's going to get you off of Avodah Hashem, and you're going to be tricked. Now, Ramesha did end the tshuva, saying it's explained to the kids, the kids are not that gullible. The Shail thought that was a Chiddush. I also thought it was a Chiddush. Ramesha says, no, you explain it to, from kids. They'll get that this guy is not supernatural. I mentioned the story. Uh, I'd never heard of this guy before I heard this story. And this story goes back 25 years ago, the one I'd said about Doug Henning. And I only knew his name because this guy told me that he was scratching his head at all the people ooing and eyeing. And I said I was going to get a lot of emails. That was an understatement. Uh, <laughs> a few of the emails said they might have been ooing and eyeing, but nobody believed it. He wasn't there, and I said, we had hush of a people in this room. If anybody was here for the share Wednesday night? Who said that, no, they were there, and their shirt flew off, and the uh, hush of people. We only have hush of people in here. We don't let anybody in who's not very hush of, and not gullible. Would you agree to that? Not gullible at all. Smart. Uh, this is just, and I got the same thing from the various emails. Most of them said, nobody believes this. And some of them said, no, they checked it out, and then some of this is not explainable, which is a nice English way of saying it's real magic. So, okay, Maisha was talking about just explain to the children that rabbit didn't come from anywhere, and the quarter came out of his ear, but didn't, and that's easy. But Ramesh himself, who is the Makel here, said that if he's pretending like he's doing something and he's claiming he has powers, that's Achshasha Mesa Medea. Again, I'm not here to attack Yidin. Unfortunately, in this story, two out of three of the people we're talking about, maybe three out of four, are Yidin, which is a lot of Akum in the world, talented ones. Why are three of the four top names in the last century Jews? I'm not sure. <laughs> Just further complicated. I'm not here to attack Yidin. I'll get to it in one second. But Whoever 
comes in the last 20, 30, 40 years in this line of magic, entertainment, occult, uh, whatever you call it, their Rebbe, the first one they quote is Harry Houdini. Harry Hakain Houdini. Not just Harry Houdini. So, and he was just one small, he specialized in escape stuff. He wasn't, he also knew magic. But, so that's like, he's the, really the Rashkabahak, that's who they're. And, but they don't only do, they do his stuff, which is dangerous. And he got killed, some people almost got killed doing it. It's dangerous stuff. I would, don't try any of this at home. Because it might be usher and amazes the media. But, Anyway, so I quote Doc Hattie. Never heard of him before. It's the only story I knew of him. But this guy told me that he was amazing. It's just that I knew that there's got to be some trick. But nobody around me was convinced that every single thing was just slight of the eye. So then I got an email from Zevroth. I discussed this with uh, Yaakov, your friend. And he said he wanted to update me on the magicians. So he said, first of all, he didn't say his bad news. Doug Henning is no longer alive. Okay. So um, he was a, an Akum from Canada. He died at the year 2000 from his farm at the age of 52. Uh, something unrelated, not trying to get out of a chain at the bottom of the river. Okay, so I wasn't dreaming. The story was told about him, and even according to the stuff he sent me, which I'll share with you, he was like number two of the century. <laughs> so I wasn't far off. But he said, just so I should know, uh, to be updated... Uh, Forbes, I thought Forbes is a business magazine. Not, sort of. I guess they're into entertainment. Okay. Uh, so he said Forbes has a list. Oh, that's why. The commercially successful magicians. Okay, that's, I know that's something to do with money. Okay. They have a list of the top 10. And he said there's one guy ahead of Doug Henning by 100 miles. You put all of them together. I'm happy to say I never heard of this guy. And he's considered the best. He's still alive. Should live and be well. Past 120 at Duchuva because he's very Jewish. Born in New Jersey. To uh, Jewish, his father had a hat store, like Mamish Yeshivish. I don't know if he's from, but he had a, some sort of men's clothing store. And um, never heard of him. Um, I was talking to Yaakov, and you still come. He never heard of him either. He's the historian. Uh, so, but Zevroth did. And I'm going to get an email about this tomorrow. So one day, yes. So uh, he said the most commercially successful. He's not all. He's, he's in his sixties now. David Copperfield. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Copperfield. As in the Chayshes. Okay. Okay. That's probably not his Jewish name. It used to be Chaim Schwartzbaum. Whatever it was. Okay. So David Copperfield. Mud's other tricks. Now he calls himself. This is important. I'm not just bringing up history. This isn't history. He's still alive. He calls himself an illusionist. That's already good. He, in, in interviews, he's interviewed just the short write-up about him. They claim he's the most successful entertainer by far, eclipsing anybody else, sold more tickets and made more money than everybody else famous put together, who I probably also never heard of. So I didn't know whether to be impressed, but they say he's the top. And he's still performing. Like, they said up to COVID, he was doing six performances a day. Some place in some state near California. I never heard of that one either. So we won't go there. But uh, five performances a day, that's a lot of Azrizas at the age of 65, especially when you're doing like semi-dangerous stuff. And um, so he made a panas. He's worth, uh, I don't know, they said 80, 90 million dollars by now. And, uh, and he has enthralled millions and millions and millions of people. This is an interesting Nakuda. The good news is, when you interview him offstage, he says, I don't have power. He's not saying... He doesn't tell his secrets either. 
and the whole world's trying to figure out his big ones, and some, they haven't really figured it out. That's the Pella. Some of them they have, most of them they have a theory. And he's an illusionist, which means he practices and thinks of hops and how to make things disappear, even though they're not disappearing. He's not claiming to do magic. So Ramesha, if he tells the whole world that before each performance, Ramesha will be okay with that. I don't think he does. I think he just went on record that he's not claiming to have any powers. So I wonder what Ramesha would do with that. Is that a, I hope he's not a Mesa's Medea, because he is. I hope he does tshuva. Uh, but is he a Mesa's Medea? Ramesha says you've got to explain to the audience each time. I am convinced, unless any of you or Zev or somebody else writing in convinced me otherwise, if he has tens of millions of people who saw him, Take, every, take a number of 40 million. I would suspect at least a million or two or three think that he has some unexplainable power. And if that is the case, that's a problem already. So, one second. Um, before you tell me about any other flying shirts. Uh, <laughs> well, again, you'll, maybe you saw him also. I never heard of this guy. I'm happy to say. Okay. So one of his tricks is just this whole email is only one page. One of his tricks, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Now, I'm happy because I was never at the Statue of Liberty, and I probably would have gone the day he made it disappear, in which case it would have been bad for me. Uh, so I, I don't know what he was claiming to do, but he said he did this on national um, TV. It was on national TV. That's what he, that's what he writes over here. I, Okay, well, the audience was there, and he made it disappear. So there's obviously some sort of trick photographer. There's some trick behind it. But the good news is he wasn't claiming to really make it disappear. He's an illusionist. Illusion means it's not really happening. That is what the Bach the Shach, I'm using this, you remember this sugya, the Bach the Shach, the Chachmas Adam, and everybody, not everybody, but most till Ramesha. Ramesha wasn't alone in his Chiddush, Lakula. Held that was already in his derisa. It's just not a chiyamisa. It's not regular kishuf. And it doesn't have malchus. Ramesha says that it's just talent. It's slide the hand. He practices this stuff. So is that really the isa That's the machlekes here. But Ramesha, who's the makel, says, but if he gets a, gets a large following and people really, some people really think he can do these things. I never met anybody because I never heard of him. But I imagine out of all these millions of people, then that's a problem of goes from Mutter to Mesis and Mediach. That's quite a that's quite a range. But that's what Amish is saying. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear, he walked through the wall of China, which I guess if you pay somebody off you could do anyway in China or Russia. And you know, I don't know what it's made out, but obviously there must have been some trapdoor or something. You gotta have and he's done all sorts of strange things. You say who normal would believe? I think he flies around also. Okay, that, I don't know what's going on, but there's something harnessed to him, I would imagine, that you can't see. So why would somebody make millions of dollars in a cheap trick like that? So it shows you, Eilam Gailam, the public loves this, talking about cross-section of the population, millions of people every year. So what do they love? What are they so enthralled about? It's a, it's a trick. The answer is, people love mystery, they love the occult, and they'd like to think that he has some power. The problem is that Uri, who should do tshuva soon, has claimed, and is still claiming, as we sit here, that he has special powers. That's a problem. They ask him, how'd you bend the spoon? Wasn't the setup by special powers. Da- David is not claiming that. Must have been in the same performance. <laughs> Hands is a chachma. That you can do. It's not an Israel. I wouldn't advise it. 
Well, we won't talk about that. Cards. No. No. All trickery. That's what I'm I've heard of them. I ne I'd never heard of David Copperfield, but I'm not such an armor. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I, it's you, the guy who made the other thing must have done that also. <laughs> I do, you shouldn't, it's a violation of Tum Tia already, and you shouldn't be, what, not you, you and everybody else, shouldn't be watching this stuff. Remember, Ramesha knows he's saying a Chiddush. That's why you're piecing the same tshuva. I don't want to pass Kula. If somebody asks me, I don't want to answer it, because why start up with the Shach and the Bach? This is a big machloikis. But today, the problem got worse, not better, because you have people doing things they never imagined would make the Statue of Liberty disappear. It's some stunt. And it must have been oppressive enough that he made a lot of money and they keep asking him to do things like that every couple of years and he's done some dangerous stuff which even with the heter of Kehlov and Nesias Nafshoi putting himself as a kind of for Panasa I think going in chains and being put at the bottom of the harbor or doing something similar going over Niagara Falls he almost didn't make it he was this shy away from getting killed and it was too close for comfort but couldn't get out of there at that point and the last minute he was hanging from a helicopter Baruch Hashem, he was saved. But that's not mutter, just for the Stakhan Shabbai. But my point is, is that there are people who see it, and you tell them, no, there's a trick, and he's not even claiming to have magic. They say, yeah, I can explain 95% of the stuff, but uh, some of this stuff is just, uh, he must be very humble. And the bigger problem is there somebody like a regular, again, I'm not here to attack him in particular, he's, uh, let's hope he's a Tinish Nishba, he's still claiming he has special power. That's why Moshe is concerned with the mazes of Medea. So that's a, that's a scary, uh, scary thought. Lamaisa, you have what to rely on for the cheap tricks at the uh, Pirche, but you're not the only one who keeps arguing. I had a there's very interesting chokma. mix of emails. I'm telling you, there's a chokma to this stuff. Uh, the had to do with the train, but there's no inherent chokma. The chokma sayyad, the chokma sapirtsev, Baruch Hu put in the lines of the hands, how to read it. That's a chachmah. This is how much you can train, how disciplined you can be, and how much you can trick people. And getting out of chains under um, water or going in an ice cube, a few shared with me, you had a guy who's holding his breath for 20 minutes. Uh, I wouldn't advise that. I don't think there's a hetta there, even if you're making a lot of money. But that's massive discipline and training. And you got to... Um, be in incredible shape for it. That's what they're trained for. So he holds himself, David holds himself to be an entertainer, an artist, uh, an actor, and, and he's also athletic and fine. But problem is, how many people think that there's something extra special over there? So if it's nobody, I'm very happy. But the problem is, not every magician, none of them give away the secrets, but not every magician even lets on that I'm a regular mortal. Our Moshe says, that's a tiny couple. That was the second of three. Let's go to page three in your copy in front of you. And we began discussing the third, and this is about the tztaka. Now, Moshe says there are two different dinim in where you can give tztaka to. There are many dinim where you should give tztaka to, and what the hierarchy is, and the kravim, and the people learning, and... The, that's not what Moshe is discussing. Moshe is discussing where it's usher to give, and certainly to use Meitzer money. It's baltashchitz. Meitzer money can only be used certain uh, accredited, valid stuckers. 
And it could also be Mesis and And he's talking about the UJA, uh, which, and again, in our community is not really Nogea, but many communities is still Nogea. And in the previous decades, when Ramesha wrote this Shuva, it was Nogea everywhere. And Ramesha says that even if not doing any Averis with it, if the guy by collecting it is not from and he's not doing it based on Das Terra and there's nobody at the helm who's making decisions that are, it's called Napiolocha, you're not allowed to give him money. Certainly can't use your mice money for it, and it's baltashkis. And then if it's a chashash that they're going to use it for averas, like run their JCC on Shabbos and teach all sorts of courses there and offer all sorts of things that are not halachically uh, or shkafically valid, then you're going to have a problem of lifneiver and worse, mesis madir be aiding and abetting. And that's the context of what he's going to discuss. So take a look at page three in the second column, second paragraph. It doesn't mean only mitzada shirusa. It means they're machers, so they appointed him that they should be the decision maker for this chapter of the UJA, their policy board for where they disperse the money. He discusses earlier in the tshuva what level from kite to learning they have to be. You definitely need a gabai who's very firm, has a lot of Yerushalayim, and is very honest. And if you have people who might be inherently honest, but they don't know what the Allah dictates, what he says to do with the money, then it's a non-starter. And if it's not your Mesa money, you can't legislate, you want to give away your money to somebody, and it's not being used for Avera, they just don't have a clue where the positive use might be for charities. Nope, that you can't answer. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Number one, you won't get the mitzvah. Meiser is not just, well, I wrote off 20% in my budget, or 10%, or somewhere in between, and it's not my money anyway, so I don't do much investigation, I just spend it. There are people like that. They wrote it off heads. The good news is they separated 20%. Separated 10%. But that's not the end of the story. It's your chiv to make sure this gets to the best possible place and makes the biggest possible ration. And Ramesha says, you're not doing that over here because the guy you're giving it to has no nemonis. Even if he says it's going somewhere, he has no nemonis. That's step number one. Skip down to the bottom paragraph. Hine, the Federation. That's the umbrella. That's the name for the uh, UJ and these types of charities. They give out, and this is many years ago, it got worse since then. Uh, they give out, besides to things that are just silly and shouldn't be used for stucco money, they're giving out to Kfir. Kahad, Shell, Reform, Conservative, and today all sorts of other uh, movements. Hare, also, Litain, Lasham, Klal. So then you can't say, well, I'm not using my sir, and I'm not trying to count this as stuck. I'm just giving him a gift. But well, you have no right to give somebody money if they will tell you in their graph, in their pie, what they're spending it on. And out of every dollar, X amount goes to Kfirim. Now, this is made some idea for Kfira, which is like a Vodazara. So you don't really need Ramesh's Chiddush that it applies to any Avera. But if it were just to run programs on Shabbos, then it would be made some idea for that. And you are helping them. Yeah, this line. So Ramesh says, if you have a choice, which would never happen. 
in a free country, but if you were being forced to make a choice between giving to a church and giving to the Federation for their kfira, you should give it to the church. So that's a pretty strong statement. And Armesha says, the reason is the church knew they have so many churches on every block, so is it directly from the evil? They're going to go to church anyway. This one, the other one, it's repainted. It's not repainted. You shouldn't do it. It's us, sir. But Federation, the more money they have, the more kfira is going to spread, and you're responsible for fellow yidden. So that's um, a pretty important line. Skip down five lines. First one is This who repeats for the third time his svara that is not limited only to Avodah even if you put kfir with Avodah but it includes Shabbos and all the mitzvahs. So Amish is hedging here. So even if you want to tie that Kfir is not active of Azar, so it's not the classic Mesamidiachumish, it's very close and it doesn't make a difference because Luyatsur is a different Isra. Mesamidiach applies to every single Isra. So that's why Amish says, Kolshikain Shahu Al Kfira bi Karim, Shuchamar Tuva. Doesn't say it's actual Avarazar. As we mentioned on a few occasions, you can go through the Homosechta of Razara and learn the Homosechta Sanhedrin. It doesn't talk about regular atheists because they didn't have any. Everybody believed in something. It's either Avarazara or Kajbarcho or sometimes things uh, in between, unfortunately. Kfira today is often just, uh, he's claiming I'm Kaifer and everything. So that's uh, it's not active Avarazara, but it's basically the same thing. And even if, now here's the part that is very lamaisa for many communities, especially out of town, the UJA is supposed to be taking care of all segments of the Jewish community, so they have to, as part of the platform, give something to Orthodox also, even though in their mind that's not real Judaism. That's, uh, the irony there is, uh, is incredible. Uh, but they, they want to give something. They won't give even a penny if they find out that the Orthodox are not giving all of Zalmesha holds it's an Isidar Raisa and possibly Mesis Umediach. So Ramesh addresses that. And Mastahir can use the help. Also, you still can't give. Ella, and here's a kula within the din. Next page, page four. Top line. So Ramesha says something very fascinating, which in a soundbite will not go over well politically. Ramesha Baruch Hashem is not trying to be politically correct. He's trying to tell you the din. So he says the din is you can't give them any money. If you give them any extra money they didn't have before your donation, you're actively aiding and abetting your Ramesha Samedeah. And if they canas the from community and they don't give anything because they find out we're not giving, what can you do? It would have been theirs, assuming Ramesha, by the way, between the lines, you have another cooler here. Ramesha holds you could take from them. Like the complexity in Medina Yisrael, we're taking from, that's probably the Machlekes already. Ramesha is assuming that in what he's saying. And he says, you can't give a little even to have them not go on strike against you, unless what you're giving is come out guaranteed that 
if you're cooperating a little bit, they will give more back. Because then it's a mitzvah, you're depleting their supply, and they'll have less money to spend in the kvir. That's a numbers game, and that's far from assured in many areas. Uh, I was in an out-of-town community, shall remain nameless, but if you knew which city it was, maybe I'll figure it out from here, you'd get special hana. Uh, probably just gave it away. Uh, I, was, I was in the city, giving a share there, and uh, getting a tour of the city on the way back from the airport. And uh, they showed me the older neighborhoods, new neighbors, and then all of a sudden I got to their new suburban area, which was obviously the former neighborhood. It was very nice. That new buildings, new yeshivas, built a brand new mikvah. It was gorgeous. And I said, there must be a lot of money over here. I said, no, actually not. We get most of this money from the Federation. So you get most of this money from the Federation in this city? They said, yeah, it's being still run by a couple of older gentlemen who have been around for like 80 years. And one of them is a shtickle, uh, not outwardly, but he sort of realizes that their whole shita was very incorrect because there's no Jews left where he comes from, and the only thing going on in town Jewish is the Orthodox community. And they're sitting with millions and millions and millions of dollars in their budget, so you figure, you know, why not do something for Judaism? That's a fulfillment of this. It's wonderful, beautiful story. So you have a non from Yidin giving to the UJA, and most of it went to the new Yeshiva building. That's, that's a tremendous chus. That's pretty rare. It's just very ironic that the place where it actually was, uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, you can see me after the camera. It's not a secret. Uh, it's, just, it's a big chus. I, I think it's incredible, and it's uh, only HaKosh Baruch who can engineer something like that. And the fact is, our Moshe says, not only is that mutter, that's a mitzvah. But you have to be assured that it's going in that direction. That's a sticky shaila, but Ramasha has a number of chuvas on that. He has chuvas about the average yeshiva dinner in the 50s and the 40s was primarily good yidin who had a good heart who were not from anymore or never were from, whatever they could be. But they, uh, a lot of them were from uh, Lita and places like this, and they had a warm heart for Torah, even though they had no shaykhs to it. And they gave, they gave nicely to their tremendous uh, credit. The problem is, how do you take the money? And we had already the other Ramesha, what if they're married to somebody else that's supposed to be married to, and it's a public pleasure, how public can it be? You have to worry about that, and you've got to worry where the money came from. Somebody just says, no, most people work even then, where, unfortunately, Saturday was a work day. The Umdanez is giving the money he made properly. He knows Shabbos exists, and so, Shaila Yesh is a Shaila, the Isser Hanon, money made on Shabbos, and it's a Durabonim, we would say Yesh Beirah and a Durabonim, but Ramosha says that's okay. You know, unless the guy only works on Shabbos, and all the money's made, only an entertainer would do that. So maybe if it was one of these guys who were offering, I'd have to ask him if he has a show on Sunday or Monday. But, um, but we'll make a lot of that, even though it is a serious shadow, Ramesha devoted a whole chuva to it. The last part that Ramesha has, which we're not going to do now, we'll save it for tomorrow night, this last paragraph. Uh, once he's on the topic of cooperating with fried people and fried organizations, he makes another fascinating uh, um, awareness. It's not just a comment. It's no gay Ladina. He says, just because I asked her giving to the Federation because they're giving to Kvira, doesn't mean there can never be any cooperation on a communal level to do things that are parv. question is to find something parv 
is extremely challenging and getting more challenging. Did I ever tell on Shabbos afternoon the story I had with the, uh, I'll think between tonight and tomorrow night, whether to say it on the video. It's a, it's a very telling story. It didn't happen that long ago on uh, trying to find common ground. So I mentioned discuss, is there any is there anything wrong with that? We have Xera not to do business with an Akum because he might swear by his deity, like Yishama Picha. Even that with Amakbe, they only made the Xera when they had other business options. They didn't make the Xera when the only option was to have business uh, with the outside world. And above all, the community was uh, autonomous. So I'm actually going to discuss that, but he's going to point out that they never asserted with Fry Yidin. Might not be a good Hashpa, you have to be careful about your Ruchni, but they never made a Xera. So the question is, where would that apply? Mr. Shem will pick that up tomorrow night.